What if I told you those scattered Google notes, draft social posts, and notebooks filled with unshared stories could be a fast pass to a more fulfilling life waiting for you, but only if you publish them. Learning to just press publish changed my life for the better as a woman, mom, and writer. Now I wanna create the same transformation for you. I'm your host, Erin Galloway, multi-passionate author and ally for storytellers. I started Habitize Publishing to support storytellers, including kids, CEOs, senior citizens, and now you, to share your voices and spark more joy than you ever thought was possible. I hope after today's episode, you'll publish one piece you've been holding back on and see where the journey takes you. Well, welcome back, friends, to another unscripted episode of the Press Publish podcast. I am here with Jess Bubico, and we are going to get to talk about what I think is merely just her first book in a whole series of books, publications, and who knows what Jess is going to create along in her journey, going from an unpublished author to a first-time author, to where this publishing experience takes us. And I want to focus on that the most for those of you that are listening today, is you may be thinking about your first book and wondering where to start. And that is what we are going to be talking about with Jess today on how you get started the energy that comes from that first experience, and then what she has learned after pressing publish the first time and where it's taking her now. So Jess, welcome to our first episode together. Thank you so much for having me here. This is awesome. So you had come to me after you had actually a story that was really well thought out. You had a vision for what the cat, what the copy was going to look like. Weren't exactly sure what the illustrations were going to look like at the time that we started, but tell us about how you even came up with your storyline and how you envisioned putting the story with the illustrations in the first step of your process. Yeah, absolutely. So I will just say I live in an apartment building and I had made a friend. I just recently moved in here and I was walking down to the beach just for a few minutes and walked past the pool. And this friend was in the pool and she, she said, Jess, I bought your book for my niece. I'm only, we've maybe met a couple of times and she goes, to be honest, I don't really want to give it to her. I kind of want to keep it for myself. So I just want to say, I feel like that's a testament to you because you were really able to help with this whole process of like getting the right illustrator and making sure that things are put together. I'll give you lots of plugs as we go throughout this podcast today, but I want to just start by saying that I had come up with the the idea for this story back in 2020. I was going through a challenging time in my life and I just had a lot of emotions that were coming up. And at the time I was kind of deep into the personal development world and I there was a lot that doesn't really address emotions in the personal development world and I was somebody who I am somebody who throughout my life has always experienced big emotions. And so I had started to develop a lot of like 
it was like, there's part of me that kind of felt shame around feeling big emotions. And then this other part of me that was like, why isn't anyone talking about this? Why am I not fine? Everything was about your mind and using your mind and visualizations. And a lot of the times when people talked about emotions, they were talking about elevating your emotions so that you could like manifest something that you wanted and, or create something that you wanted. And I'm not saying there's anything right, wrong, whatever. It's just, that was my experience at the time. And so as I was going through this very rocky time in my own personal life, I kind of had this moment where I feel like my inner child piped up and was like, Hey, it's okay to feel big emotions. Like it's normal to feel emotions. And so I went to lunch one day and I just like pulled out the notes section in my phone. And sometimes I think creativity is a really beautiful way to be able to process emotions or process through challenging times. That's why we see so many singers and songwriters who they're, you know, most amazing songs come from their most challenging times in life. So I ended up just writing this story and I got home from lunch and I shared it, <clears throat> excuse me, with a couple of people in like the weeks that followed and everyone kept saying, you got to turn this into a book. And, and at the time I didn't know anything about publishing. I was like, do I get someone to like, pick up the story? Do I self-publish? And so that kind of set me on a journey from about 2020 until 2022, where I just kind of like on and off play with the idea. And I started looking into self-publishing. I started talking to different people, but I think really the timing was right end of last year to start putting it together. So for me, the process was like, I had this story that came from I think a deep place inside of myself that wanted to be shared, that wanted to be expressed. I had worked with kids throughout most of my early career up until just a few years ago when I switched into a different field. And so for me, I think I, I just didn't, I didn't, before I called you and connected with you, it was like, I needed someone who could walk me through something the first time. It's kind of like having a mentor or having an internship or having somebody who can kind of show you the ropes when you're just starting out, which I think is so incredibly important because there's questions you have and things that you don't know and challenges you might encounter. And I think having someone who's like a seasoned veteran who can support you through that process is just really important. So I don't know that I fully answered the question about the illustrator part, but that feels like the important first part of kind of why I even landed on coming and working with you. Well, and your experience is one that is really familiar to so many first-time authors is that there was this burst of creativity that naturally allowed some thoughts and some words to just very easily come out on a page. And your instinct says like, oh, well, if it was, if this was meant to be, Maybe I should do something with it. It could possibly serve someone other than myself. And so that's how I think a lot of people, especially enter the children's book space, even if they've never written children's books before, because it seems intuitively like a natural fit for this copy to be shared. And then for you, you came up with the title, Jesse Lou and the Magic of You, 
And how did you come up with that as being, again, a good fit for the story you had written? Well, it actually started out that the series name that I just kind of named it was like The Magical Adventures of Jesse Lou. And I think when I started to realize that there was going to be more than one book, I realized like originally I'd said, oh, I'll just call that the name of the first book. Like they didn't call Pippi Longstocking or, you know, one of the first books of any series. They usually just name it the name of the series, like Winnie the Pooh or whatever. I think when I started to realize that the the nature of this story in particular, I would put this book underneath the category of like social emotional learning. And when I started to realize that a lot of the book was around self-acceptance, you know, we're talking about emotions. We're talking about how to regulate your emotions, how to work together with parents. But a lot of the story, because of my own experience was just, it's okay to feel. And so I think that the the magic of you, you obviously rhymes with Lou. So it worked out nice. Uh, and this, you know, it's called the magical adventures of Jesse Lou as the series. So I think it just kind of gave it a nice little kind of ability to be able to hone in a little bit deeper on exactly what this story is about. And I'm going to ask the follow-up question later in our conversation about where this journey has taken you after publishing. But if you can remember when you go back to the very beginning of the process, you wrote the story, you're thinking about the name, you're trying to figure out what illustration style might work with the book. At that point in the process, where did you imagine kind of the best case scenario of where the book might take you based mm. on what you knew at that time? That's a great question. I think at the very beginning, here's what I'll say. I know myself and my values and what's important to me enough to know that sort of I don't want to say sacrificing my integrity, but like sacrificing my own integrity for a better way to put it just to like put it out there or make money was just like not an option for me. Cause it felt like it was something that was really important to me. So I think looking at sort of the traditional route with publishing, I knew I needed to have more like creative control with it. Not to say that traditional publishing is sacrificing your integrity. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, I knew for myself, like I very much value creative control. And so, and working together with other people to ideate and have ideas and things like that. So I think when I first imagined publishing the book, really, I wanted to be able to use it as sort of like a handshake to be able to connect with other people. Like I wanted to be able to, to use the book in a way to say, you know, traditional pu publishing in general, I don't know, you could, it doesn't seem like you become a millionaire off of selling books. Like maybe, maybe some people do. If you sell like a million copies, you might make $3 million, which is cool, but that's a lot of copies. And so I think I saw it for myself as really being able to use it as a conversation starter, a way to connect with community and a way to also kind of like a gateway into other possibilities of what else could come from the book. I love that thought of making that 
a much more personalized connection with somebody. I haven't heard that very often, right? So I'm sort of marinating on that because that's a really creative way to talk with people or introduce yourself that really put yourself out there even more than a traditional business card or a LinkedIn request, right? It's it's here, see who I am when yeah. I share this story. And if I either physically hand you a book or if maybe you came to a reading of my book or maybe you see me on social media or on YouTube reading the book, it's it's beyond a warm lead almost at that point to either a friendship or a relationship or a business, a relationship that may come of it because you're really putting yourself out there in a very genuine and authentic way. And I love thinking about the power of self-publishing for that purpose. Absolutely. You know, it's it's also the thing that I've found, I'm sure you're going to probably get to this question, but I might just start talking about it anyways, is that... I think books are so coveted in our culture and they're so important. And they're also at, they're such a, like a relatively low price point. Like you could go to a library and read a book for free. You know, there's so many things that you can do with books and they're so respected. And I also think, I mean, I don't know when I was a kid, my mom and I would like go to Kohl's and even though we didn't have any kids to buy for, like we'd go look at the little kids books or we'd look at like the kids clothes and like, think about, I was just talking about this yesterday. Like think about how many people love Disney or love Pixar films. And it's just as fun for adults to get dressed up for the new, you know, whatever Incredibles movie or whatever, because it's fun and we all have that play playful aspect within ourselves and so you know i've had other businesses and i have another business that's a little bit more specific that you kind of have to understand this world that i work within to like be intrigued by it but one of my my best girlfriend from home from growing up she just had her baby shower and she said that she had her baby shower with her friends from home and then her husband's from a few hours away. So she had a baby shower with his side of the family and those friends that I've never met. And she had posted about my book. And I guess she said, you know, I was sharing your book with some friends at the baby shower and some of them had already bought it. And I was like, oh, how cool is that? Like these people that I don't know who this story is so like relatable for all of us that it was able to reach people beyond just my normal audience of people, which just feels really cool and also impactful. Absolutely. And I do want to come back to that because I, I am in a privileged place to be able to be a part of the post-publishing journey with you. But I want to sort of, again, to stay with the publishing process before you even um, get to the place where you're ready to like release it into the world. And we worked together on the illustrations, right? And that really had a natural flow to it. It came together really well and really quickly once Danny Summerfield joined the team and the two of you really had a common vision very early on in the process. But then there was a moment where what was planned for the book had an opportunity for expansion. When we got to the back, 
and you're like, we knew we wanted some educational content in there for parents or caregivers or educators who were reading the book. And so how did you decide how people could bring the story to life, either as part of a bedtime story or a school reading? How did you choose what would go in the back as part of that educational component of the story? I have a background as a speech pathologist. So a lot of my mind always kind of goes to how do we make this practical for kids and parents to be able to do together? And so, you know, I think with any story, there's a beginning, a middle and an end, right? And so in my book in particular, the beginning is like little girls struggling with big emotions. Middle is she meets someone who teaches her it's okay to feel them and how to feel. And and I would say the end is really like, how do we feel through them? So I really just chose the end of the book because I thought that was the most practical place to be able to be like, this would be a great, this would be great teaching material and teaching content for parents, kids, and it's simple. But you chose to take it not to a place that would have been, I'll call it like a 101 level, right? We could have very easily put a series of questions in there, conversation starters, that would have made many readers enjoy it and been very happy. But you even thought about how do you take it to a next place of sharing specific skills kind of adding that training component into it. And then for you, it was almost like you were also thinking now a couple steps ahead of what additional materials could come from this very first story. And can you share a little bit about how that process evolved for you? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm like sitting, I'm like, I wish I could say there was really a process. A lot of it's just intuition for me and just kind of like feeling into it. But here's what I will say. I think that, and you and I have talked a little bit about this. It's easy to create one thing and kind of go like, oh, that was so cool. It's such a great response. Let me go do something else and launch something new. There's so much juice inside of a creation that you can just squeeze the juice out of and do so much with that I think as I was thinking about the book, I mean, I really just kept thinking to myself, how can I add more value to the lives of whoever is reading this? And I think for me, answering questions can be lovely and that's one thing. But when you can give someone an experience, especially between a parent and a child or a teacher and a child that can change how someone feels, which is essentially, again, what a lot of the book is around. I think for me, the idea of going from just asking questions to giving someone an experience at the end of the book, that to me felt like it just took the book a step further and you know, being able to add resources. Like we added an emotion chart at the back of the book, which was invaluable. Also having your educational background, because my mind was like, oh, I'll just put a bunch of faces in the back and I'll do like a chart of faces. And when you could come in and go, well, have you thought about doing the zones? I was like, that's actually a great idea. Right. So I think there's also an aspect of this that again, why I think it's amazing to be able to work with you is because you bring a background to 
this experience that somebody else might not bring who's just helping you through a publishing process. So I think for me, it was, yes, I can ask questions, but how do I give them an experience? What else could come from this? How could I squeeze the juice out of this in a way that if, you know, kids fall in love with the character, that it will help them to be able to make changes or parent, you know, whatever it may be, or support them, et cetera. So I don't know if it was so much like well thought out as much as it was just kind of a feeling, you know? So yeah, that was, and I think it's so, yeah. And I think at some point you and I almost had to stop ourselves. Like we really had come up with a couple of other ideas that could have fit within the book. But at some point, I think you and I both in our backgrounds realize when you give people too much information, it almost dilutes the core message of the first piece that you were trying to convey. Um, so in some ways, because of us working together and the way that we worked so well, we did have to have some self-regulation on us to say, yeah. okay, we've now sufficiently focused on the sort of the learning and the kind of call to action, if you will, of this book before, and we should stop. We should almost stop yeah. while we're ahead um, and save the other ideas for two reasons. One, because they may have created a mixed message. And two, because we didn't get to learn from what the first core message of the book was about. Yeah. And you and I had the ability to, again, sort of stop ourselves and realize if we don't put the first version out there to learn how people react to it, what it serves, um, where you could share the book, then sort of holding on to it may delay the the bigger goals of the whole project. Absolutely. Yep. A hundred percent. And so let's get to the exciting part where you and I work together uh, it was literally Jess and I had committed to um, a publishing date because Jess is one of those that says, let's just claim it. Let's just claim it and own it. And then as her publishing partner, admittedly, I had a panic because I was like, oh my gosh, Jess, we still have so many steps to do before you've now publicly <laughs> claimed this date. But we were only was a few days off. <laughs> we were. And in the end, this is what I love about working with people is that because we can control and manage the process ourselves together, when the date came down to it, um, for those that are listening, we really, we spent what felt like hours that particular day and we would think it was complete and we'd upload it and we'd look at it and we'd say, mm. This little period is off. The placement is off of this line. I don't exactly like how a particular laid out, a, you know, page laid itself out. And together, um, you know, it gave us a chance to have that 10 yard line finishing of the publishing manuscript and the cover together. But then what I loved is that we took a step back. And for me, I think it's always important for the author to hit the publish button. I know that I can, I know I can support people, but there is something special about you experiencing that moment um, the first time that you did. And so how did that feel for you when you're like, yep, I'm ready to do it? 
It felt so good. I will also say though, I was by the end, like, I just like, I've never been pregnant. I've never had a child, but I know those like last few weeks, you're like, just make this thing come out of me already. That's kind of how I felt when it came to, I was like that day, it was literally like, we're like, oh my gosh, Danny has two eyes in it and it only has one in it on the cover. And we need to put that up. It was just little things. Um, So I will say by the time the day came, I was like, okay, I'm just like ready. Let's do this. Um, But it also did feel really good to just have that opportunity to be able to push it and be like, I did this, you know, like, and I think there's so much confidence that's built in yourself when you see what you're capable of doing. And so you push publish and we waited, right? We waited and we got our first copies. And at about that time, that same day that our first copies arrived, you, you know, sort of gave the update to friends, family, social media community, and said, it's out here and share with us the feedback that you received and the different ways that it was, what was you, what you expected and what you didn't expect. Yeah. So, I mean, the, it was so well-received. I don't think I expected it to be as well-received as it was. Um, I will say that I had been not a huge fan of Facebook for a long time. Um, and so I kind of stopped using Facebook and I thought, let me just put the book out here because then, I mean, I've had a Facebook account since 2000 and seven, I think like I've got college friends, high school friends, like I've just got so many people on my Facebook and I just really can't believe how many people shared it, how many people, um, like bought the book. I mean, I was getting pictures from people that I hadn't talked to in years with the book. I had people from my old job, like my old speech therapy jobs, purchasing the book, um, family members. Uh, I mean, like it, within the first two weeks, 15 people had gone on and reviewed the book on Amazon, which is like really nice. Um, it like written reviews, not just like gave you some stars. So uh, it was just, it felt really good to see that initial, like, like how much support there was from people around me. So it just felt good. And you didn't mention it, but because you were so transparent about the process and what people were sharing with you, you know, I noticed on social media, you had friends or family that had sent you flowers. You had a friend that made you a personalized coffee mug. You had other people who, because you were willing to put yourself out there, it was like they got to sort of sprinkle their own joy into the process which I find is one of the most beautiful parts of self-publishing is that you get to see your champions and your people who are like always cheering you on really get an opportunity to experience the moment with you. Yes, totally. Yeah. I had, um, my, my best friend here in uh, the area where I live, she made me like a custom mug and a Jesse Lou journal, 
Uh, my two best friends from home sent me flowers. My parents sent me flowers. Another girlfriend sent me like a doll that she had found that like essentially looks exactly like the Jesse Lou character, um, which is really cool. Similar outfit and everything. Um, and so it was just, yeah, I mean, the outpouring of love and support was really amazing. And again, I just think books are so coveted, like if you ask any person what their favorite childhood book was, so many people could probably answer that book, you know? So I think it, I think it also felt exciting to other people to be able to be like, my cousin wrote this book or like, you know what I mean? It's, it's almost like other people became a part of the story beyond just myself, which was really cool. And when people come to me, with this question of traditional publishing or self-publishing, you know, I do try to share these stories of the experience that every author that I've worked with so far um, has had, which is there's something that you can't replicate when you go through a traditional publishing process, because there's a little bit, it's not even just the control, but it's a, it's a little bit of a script because they know how to make it a bestseller. Right. So, I mean, there's there's a system that they go through. But when you self-publish, it's almost like watching a little bit of an underdog, unexpected and a moment that people are like, yes, like I want to cheer you on and show your support. And you can't I don't think you can replicate that every time um, in a traditional publishing process. But I have seen it every time in a self-publishing process so far. Yes. I think, again, I've never gone through a traditional publisher, so there's not a whole lot that I can share, but I know through my own experiences, what I've heard from a lot of people is that traditional publishers nowadays, unless you get some sort of like crazy writing deal where they hire you to write a book, they really don't promote your book for you. And to me, that's the biggest thing, you know, it's like you can write a book, you can publish it, you can do all of that. But at the end of the day, it's all about getting it out to people. And so I didn't think it made sense for me personally to go the traditional publisher route, um, especially just, I mean, even from a financial perspective, you're splitting royalties with them, but they're not, they're not doing anything necessarily to get the book out there for you. So I felt that this was like the best of both the worlds because it is an investment to publish a book. And, you know, to make that investment back or whatever, if that's a part of like something that's important to you, um, it, it will take time. You know, it takes continuously putting the book out there and, and, and sharing it and sharing your story and seeing where you can get, you know, get the book and uh, out into the world. So I, I don't know. I love the self-publishing process. I know like people, uh, lots of people have different feelings about Amazon and things like that, but they really changed the game when it comes to what's possible for people now um, to get ideas out there and thoughts out there and spread important stories. And you and I, again, talked at the very beginning where you had a vision of a hardback book or maybe a board book, right? Like you had some different options that you had considered um, that at first maybe self-publishing didn't feel like possibly the right track when you and I first talked. But I kept coming back to the possibility of getting your first book out there, 
yes, it's paperback. Yes, it's not hardbound or it's, you know, it's going to be a different shape than originally thought of. How do you feel now that you just pursued this path versus what you initially thought the physical book would look like? How do you feel now about the mm. layout and the design of the book? Uh, here's what I'll say. I still really want a hardcover book. <laughs> I love hardcover books. I'm like a weirdo in that way that I like love the texture and the feel of it. Um, but I will say that it like doesn't really matter to me as much. You know, it looks great. People love the stories. She did an amazing job with the illustrations. It's colorful. It's fun. Um, one of the things a lot of people have said to me is like, even with little kids who are like in the, you know, zero to, well, not really zero, but like six month to 18 month space where maybe the, the story isn't really for an 18 month old, but they're like, my kid can't put the book down because they love the colors and the illustrations. Um, and to me, that's, that's a testament to like, it doesn't matter if it's a hardback book or a soft cover book, people love it and it's beautiful and it's out there. So that's, what's most important. And I think it's important for people to hear that because what you decided in your sort of process is, again, a first expectation of what the book could look like. And you may still, as you said, right, you may still choose that path, but it doesn't have to be the very first book that you put out, right? There is there is something in getting that first one out there, even if it's not the exact or the perfect format that you think is the best version to go with your book, because you certainly, the way the book is laid out, it would be a beautiful hard to cover book. Um, but now it's out there and now you get a chance to create a second edition or publish with a different um, either self-publishing platform or pursue a different option for a second or third book. Um, but you at least now have a reference point for writing your own bio and picking your title and picking how copy lays out on a page and working with an illustrator. Um, and you have all of that under your belt at this point by... I don't want to say compromising on the book format and style, but accepting that it is enough to keep your vision moving forward. Absolutely. So for the sake of our conversation, let's fast forward. And you are here now. You've experienced the sort of roller coaster of the first publishing. You've gotten it out there. You received the feedback. So what for you is even on your radar screen now thinking about yourself as a published author and what directions you might choose. Yeah, that's a great question. You mean with like what else I might do with the book or just, yeah. So um, I would say for me, I, I actually, the week that I published the book, I actually reached out to a TV station around here and they actually had me come on and share the book, which was really fun. So I have a bunch of like, pitches out and things like that to actually get the book into different places. So, um, we're gonna, I have somebody who's helping and supporting me with looking at getting it into libraries, like different libraries in the area. Um, then like going and actually reading the book at different schools with kids, uh, bookstores are a little more challenging to find these days than 
I thought they would be, but sadly they are probably also with the Amazon, you know, world that we live in. Um, but then again, it's also more accessible to people, which is beautiful. And then, um, you know, I gotta say, it's interesting. We could probably talk about this on another podcast. There's so much that's available on Instagram as well with like all these different mom bloggers and people who will help you get your book out there. So right now in this moment, I'm really focused on how can I spread the book? Because I'd like to get it into the hands of more people and more children than it can support, more teachers that it can support. I think it'll be a great resource that therapists can use, uh, you know, give to parents, things like that. So I think that's my priority and main focus is just, you know, it's easy to launch something and then go, that was cool. Let me go do something else now. I really want to just savor in this experience so that, you know, the message, the story, the characters start to get out there. And then I think step two from here will be creating a coloring book because I really want kids to be able to, you know, maybe a kid sees Jesse Lou with purple hair or, you know, sees the character with, you know, wearing something different, whatever. I want kids to be able to have that opportunity to use their own imagination in the story. Um, and then I also plan to do like a journal potentially an Etsy store. Like there's a lot of things I'd, I'd love to do dolls um, as well. So I've got somebody looking into kind of helping me figure out that situation. I think if I come back to the main intention of the book, it's really to be able to number one, open up the conversation between parents and kids about emotions to be able to talk through them and work through them. And then Number two, I would say, is really to be able to provide simple tools for parents and kids to, and and whomever, adults and kids to be able to work through this together. So I, I, I have to always, we could have ideas for days. I have ideas for my ideas, but I think being able to just keep it in that place of here's what's important, get the book out there. And then you can, as, as it grows and people become familiar with the characters and fall in love with the characters, then you can add and grow and expand. I think that that sometimes for creatives, multi-passionate people, first-time authors, what you just said can be one of the hardest practices and habits of the process is that telling yourself that the other ideas that are now coming to you are still good ideas. Don't lose them but give yourself space to also not pursue them just yet. Yeah. Um, and being able to practice the habit of staying focused on your first book for an extended period of time, practice talking about it repeatedly, putting yourself out there. Um, to your point, we have watched multiple authors who have pursued their second, their third or multiple books. And there is value in that process. But for those who may start to feel a little scattered because they are sort of going in a lot of different directions, um, there is what you've just described as an alternate approach, which is write down the other ideas, don't lose them, give them a space to be contained and enjoy what you're going to learn from the first book or the first publishing experience before you move on to the next. Totally. And, and here's what's, what I'll say too, because now I'm a couple weeks out of public, you know, hitting publish, pressing publish. And, you know, 
again, I've never had a baby before, but before you have the baby, you have a baby shower and everybody's excited. And then you have the baby and everybody wants to come and visit and everybody's sharing and everybody's everything and sending you things. Right. And and then, then there's a, a little bit of lull. And so right now I am in that space where I'm like, okay, we did the hard work. We got it out there. We pushed, we got the baby. And now, now it would be for me to move on to another book right now, I think would be like not nourishing the baby that I have and then moving on to another one. And, and, you know, to some degree kind of chasing that high and that thrill. But if I don't go and share this book and spread it and go, what communities can I get this into? Who else can I bring this to? Then when I launch the next book, I'm going right back to the same pool of people who just bought a book from me a couple of months ago. And they might find it exciting, but they also might not. And I think, you know, it's just like dating or flirting. It's like, you know, you don't want to just keep on like over going in and, you know, it's so you want to keep a little bit of, I think, mystery. You want to keep people excited. You want to keep them excited that maybe the next book drops in a year. And when then that book drops, then that's also really exciting for them because, you know, they can be a part of something that they were a part of a year ago that felt exciting versus being like, you know, I I don't know why all these analogies are coming to me, but it's like when kids are in school and they're selling Girl Scout cookies one week and then the next week they're selling something else. And then, no, it's like space it out, let it grow, let it evolve. And also, you know, the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. She talks about this idea, like ideas come and they knock on our head and then they move to somebody else if we don't take them. You know, creations, I think, come through us. Creativity comes through us. And now it's my job to see what Jesse Lou wants to become, you know, not just what I think it should be. It's it's let it move forward, let it move through the people. And then, you know, call on those ideas and those different things as the time is ripe. I think this is a really lovely note to wrap up on because I think there's not a lot of authors who have shared that particular perspective in the publishing process. I think that's an important piece for people who are listening to us to think about if they have another idea um, in place or maybe multiple ideas uh, to listen again to what you just shared, because that may really serve them for figuring out a way to respect the creativity, but also give space to what is just right in front of them, which is perhaps um, just a little bit more time and focus and energy in that lull that you just described um, for yeah. the book that they've just published. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if people were to find you, Jess, what are the best ways that people could come learn about you, your author journey, and the book, Jesse Lou and the Magic of You? Great question. I would say if you want to learn about the book, you can head over to Instagram and I'm on there at Jesse Lou Books. It's J-E-S-S-I-L-O-U Books. Uh, you can find my website, which is jessieloubooks.com. And then if you want to uh, connect with me, but I'm also on there at Jess Bubbaco. I have a, another business um, that you can find me through at Jess Bubbaco, um, but I also share the book and other fun stuff on there too. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I greatly appreciate it. And 
I am confident this will be just the first episode and we're going to come back and talk about other publishing projects that we work on together because Jess and I are building a little bit of a team here uh, as we explore and just do a slow drip of what's to come in the future. And that, again, I think really is a testament to the last thought that you had. Um, So this will not be the last time I'll have you, Jess. I love it. Thanks for having me for the first time. (laughs) All right. We are signing off friends, but make sure to go find Jess and her other, I won't say your alter ego because it is you, but the other part of you, which is Jesse Lou, which you can share with kids uh, both at home and in school. It is a beautifully illustrated story. It is both sweet and thoughtful and creative. It sort of puts a perfect little bundle together to have light, fun conversation with kids, as well as start to dive deeper into conversations about emotions and processing those emotions. And you will not be disappointed if you pick it up for your own bookshelf or you give as a gift to somebody else. Okay, friend, are you ready to share one piece of content you've been holding back on? trust your instincts and press publish. If this episode sparked curiosity in your publishing journey, head over to thehabitizedlife.com for more resources or check out the after show with our guests on Instagram at habitizedlife. All the links mentioned today are in our show notes. And hey, I'm off to reheat my cup of coffee for the second time today, but I'll meet you back here next week with a fresh cup and a new episode.